Welcome to Bruin Success, where we talk to UCLA alumni and explore the many paths to success beyond UCLA. I'm your host, Katie Russo, and today I have the privilege of being joined by Dr. D'Artagnan Scorza, founder and executive director of the Social Justice Learning Institute and a member of the Board of Education for the Inglewood Unified School District. D'Artagnan is a double Bruin, earning his bachelor's degree in the study of religion in 2007 and his PhD in education in 2013, where he developed curriculum culturally relevant for African-American male youth and worked to reduce recidivism, imprisonment, and death rates in the community. In 2016, D'Artagnan was the recipient of the Alumni Association's recent Graduate Achievement Award. D'Artagnan is also a decorated U.S. Navy Iraq War veteran and serves on the honorary board of UCLA VetNet. In addition, Dr. Scorza serves as president-elect on the UCLA Alumni Association Board of Directors and volunteers his time to support UCLA and give back to the next generation of Bruins. D'Artagnan, welcome to Bruin Success. Thank you for your service, and thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. Thank you so much for having me. So to kick us off, can you tell us how do you define social justice and what led you to establish the Social Justice Learning Institute? Yes, thank you for asking. So um, I see social justice as uh, sort of the collective capacity of individuals to work together um, to close disparities and move our institutions in the direction that helps benefit the entire community. In many ways, social justice is about uh, achieving a level of equity and ensuring that folk can be self-determined in their communities, but also making sure that we close the gaps where we might see inequality, uh, as well as lift up the, the leadership of individuals so that uh, we can transform the material conditions we face in our communities. So in that regard, I decided to found the Social Justice Learning Institute uh, because of my own lived experience. I grew up in concentrated and accumulated disadvantage in South Los Angeles uh, and in Inglewood. And it um, was fortunately because of people in my community that I was able to make it to UCLA. Mm -hmm. uh, while being um, a student at UCLA, I had the privilege of being able to travel abroad and go to South Africa. And when I got to South Africa, I saw um, a level of disadvantage that I hadn't experienced or even known uh, in my own life growing up here in the States. And so when I saw that uh, there were young folk living in um, informal townships, uh, formerly known as shanty towns, and I, I began to see how, um, you know, folk were still happy even though they may not have had a, a home to live in, right? There uh, were locations where people had uh, cardboard boxes. In some cases, they uh, slept in. Um, but they were still able to find community with each other. I, I knew that um, this relationship between the economy and poverty and power was uh, important <clears throat> and that I wanted to to dedicate my life to doing something different and doing something about it. And so when I returned to the States, I was actually staying on the East Coast and um, was staying with a friend and uh, September 11th happened. It was the same year um, uh, of the, um, the terrorist attack on, on, on the States and uh, on New York. 
And I uh, was deeply moved by what I saw happen. I was deeply moved by that experience. And uh, I was living in Jersey at the time and, and saw the plume of smoke um, cross the peninsula where I was staying. And I decided to sign up and join the military. And that's how I decided to, I'm sorry, decided to sign up and join the military. And that's when um, I uh, joined the US Navy and got deployed for nearly five years around the world to serve on behalf of of my country and on behalf of our communities. Uh, it was upon the completion of my term in the military that I come back to the States and, um, you know, had family members who grew up in the same neighborhood that I'm from uh, reach out to me and let me know that they, they needed support. And one of those family members uh, who was going to move with me uh, was stationed and living in San Diego at the time. Okay. Uh, before he could move with me, was was killed in, uh, in our neighborhood, and um, or was killed in South Los Angeles. And that moved me to want to do something about those conditions. I figured, you know, I'd gained a lot of opportunity by going to UCLA. I'd learned a lot by serving in the military, and I had learned what it meant to serve. Others and I wanted to to apply that to my own community, and that's what led me to found the Social Justice Learning Institute. And realizing that there's really this strand of um, of injustice that affects the lives of, of so many people, from folk in our communities in South Los Angeles to those in the the informal townships in Johannesburg and in Cape Town and um, in the favelas in Brazil, and mm-hmm. uh, you can really think about how folk are affected around the world and recognize that there are through lines. Uh, And I wanted to make sure that people were able to utilize their agency to overcome disadvantage, to overcome the uh, imbalance and power that they were experiencing uh, by virtue of where they lived and uh, by virtue of the institutional um, challenges they faced or the lack of opportunity that existed in our communities. And so Mm -hmm. uh, the Social Justice Learning Institute comes from that place. Wow. That's a really powerful story and kind of um, hearing your journey about, you know, what led you to start the Institute. And I think for so many, like you said, sharing those experiences you had where you're removed from your environment and that informs your experience in, you know, a much different way by giving you that new perspective or understanding once you're, you know, outside of it yourself and exposed to new environment or new experiences. But wow, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, I think that's right. I think um, being able to see the world from different perspectives or from multiple perspectives uh, can certainly inform our beliefs, right? And it helps us um, both uh, change, but also challenge those beliefs in a way that I believe contributes to our growth, both personally, but also professionally. Absolutely. So from a global crisis like COVID-19, what themes have emerged or heightened regarding social injustice in education? Well, it's really a fascinating um, question because we're in an unprecedented time in our society, right? I think mm-hmm. um, the fact that we're dealing with this, this public health crisis and, and pandemic um, has, has really highlighted the challenges many of our youth and our communities continue to face. 
obviously moving to a remote learning environment um, in such a short period of time uh, has been a heavy lift for many of our, our nation's teachers. Uh, there are uh, healthcare workers and their children who still need support when they're out working. And so um, as the president of a school board, for example, in Inglewood, we've had to be very responsive to the needs of our families and our youth who have dealt with significant challenges. Namely, they don't have access to technology. Right. Um, even when they do have access to technology, they may not always have access to um, like the internet. So sometimes they may have a laptop. They may not. Often they do not uh, mm -hmm. in the communities that we serve. Um, and districts were not, most districts were not equipped um, well enough to provide uh, sort of materials uh, or at least uh, that type of technology like headphones uh, and um, laptops and iPads to children uh, in such a quick fashion. Uh, and I think that that certainly led to to challenges um, when it comes to the delivery of instruction and effective instruction. But I will say that I've been really proud to see the hard work of our teachers. I, I don't think people realize how yeah. important teachers are, at least if they had not realized, they're probably beginning to realize it now. Yeah, right? A lot of families who understand how difficult it is. You know, mm. um, you know, I'm, I, my wife is a teacher and fortunately because she's a teacher, it's been a little bit easier for us to adapt to uh, a, an environment where our children are learning at home, but that's not the case for a lot of folk. Mm. And she's, you know, I, I get to watch her try and deliver instruction for her young folk and recognize that there are youth who might be dealing with learning needs, um, that are that need to be supported that aren't currently being um, uh, 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 prioritized sort of at the state level uh, or beyond because we just don't have the capacity or the resources mm -hmm. or the delivery mechanisms to support that population. Um, a lot of youth of color and, and youth who live in dis in areas of accumulated disadvantage um, uh, may not have a quiet place they can go to to learn and to study. They may have folk in the background or they may need to share bandwidth in order to 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 do you know to conduct their classes um, and to try and access material um, obviously food has and food insecurity and housing insecurity have been such important areas of um a focus for for me on my school district but also within my organization mm -hmm. uh you know we actually have purchased um 125 laptops to distribute to our young folk but, oh, wow. but in addition to that we've purchased um uh and have gotten donations for food gift cards from our foundation partners uh so that we can provide access to um to food for folk who don't um who cannot afford to to purchase goods on their own uh, or who may have lost their jobs at this time. Uh, there's, you know, we're also providing food distribution points so families can come and pick up bags of fresh fruits and veggies. We're mm -hmm. distributing food to agencies so that churches and senior centers can meet the needs of their populations. Um, and, and we're just seeing how important it is for us to come together mm -hmm. uh, as a community in support of the common good. And um, in many ways, uh, that affects the, all of these conditions affect educational attainment for our young folk. Uh, and I think as a, as an educational, uh, leader in this community, uh, and as a, uh, a resident, uh, and as a neighbor and as a father and a, you know, um, uh, a, an organizational leader, 
uh, all these things sort of come to to a head in moments like this, mm-hmm. where where I see the need and understand how important it is to 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 go after um, the resources in order to fulfill the needs that our young folk um, have shared. Yeah, and I think, like you said, uh, I was gonna your last point. I think as I was hearing you share, that's the part that, you know, stuck out to me was, you know, despite these challenges that are emerging and, you know, seeing the the lack of things that people might have or the increased needs in certain areas, I think it is inspiring, as you mentioned, to see how communities have rallied together, knowing that, you know, we're, we're in this together and we're going to, you know, we're going to get through it together. And how can we, you know, support each other through this? How can we address the needs and, you know, come together to kind of, you know, deploy more resources or things like that? So I think even through this challenging time, it's inspiring to see how quickly people can assemble to, you know, lean on one, each, one another. I think that's right. That's absolutely right. So since your term as a UC student regent in 2007 through 2009, what UC-wide changes have you seen for students when it comes to access and support for students from underrepresented populations? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, having had the privilege of serving on the Board of Regents uh, when I first began grad school, uh, I came to see how important it was to coordinate our efforts across the system. Um, as you're aware, the UC has 10 campuses, 11 if you count UC Hastings. Um, and in many ways, we uh, have uh, grown tremendously in the past 10 years or so. First, uh, the University of California has been really thoughtful about its admissions policies and procedures, and I think it's worked um, very hard to ensure that uh, we maintain access for kids and young folk and students and our, our, fam- our families here in the state of California as well as ensure that there are opportunities for um, students of color and others who are uh, not as well represented to access the UC system. Mm-hmm. So I think changing the admissions policies have been really, really helpful uh, uh, to ensuring that that access uh, remains. You know, I've also been able to see the um, way in which the UC has added programs like first generation programs, mm-hmm. um, housing programs, uh, have added additional resources um, where students feel welcome to uh, come to a campus like UCLA or to go to UC Berkeley um, to create affinity group spaces so that students understand um, that there are others like them on these campuses and, and right. they know where to find each other. Um, as well as provide, and for all students, what I've been really proud to see the UC system do is to take seriously the needs that uh, all of our students are, are, are bringing to the campus as it relates to mental health mm-hmm. uh, and the need for student support services and to still prioritize those things in a time like now. I remember back in 2007 and 2008 at the height of the recession, when the recession was beginning, um, you know, student services were not a priority at that time. But now we look uh, at where things are at today. And the UC has made a commitment to maintain support for students and to prioritize student needs as well. And what I'm also proud to to say that um, the UC and especially a campus like UCLA has done Mm -hmm. is there's been a a stronger integration with career support and career services. And so, you know, UCLA has the grad slam. It also has sort of the undergrad tech competitions. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is the, the startup 
um, ventures program. Yeah. Uh, and many campuses are doing that uh, throughout the system and, and across the state. And so there have been shifts that I think have been uh, really supportive of students in addition to uh, obviously this, this desire to, to hold tuition and fees uh, uh, down um, while still maintaining quality. But, uh, but by and large, I think the University of California has done a really good job responding to the needs of students today. There's still, there's still more we can do. There's still a long ways to go, right? We've been dealing with, with, um, with uh, uh, attacks on grad students, racial attacks on grad students on some of our campuses and undergraduate students. We have all been experiencing in today's time now, the campus just dealt with Zoom bombing and yeah. um, you know racial attacks in that regard. So you know, the, the good thing, though, is that we have leadership that's taken that, that those issues seriously, mm -hmm. uh, has approached them affirmatively, and is deeply committed to making sure that uh, the university uh, throughout the entire state is a welcoming place for our students so that they know uh, that they belong uh, and that they can succeed uh, by being a student who uh, is a member of our, our, our community. Right. Yeah. It's funny you um, highlighted to the kind of, you know, the first generation initiatives and different things that you've seen over the last few years, because we recently talked to Dr. Latanya Reese Miles um, about the first year experience program, you know, she runs and her leadership with creating these, these first year experience initiatives. And, you know, that was something we were, we were both talking about was how, you know, I think the culture has shifted to even, even that identity first generation, you know, before it was people not recognizing it or not really knowing much about it. And now, you know, UCLA, especially, you know, there's a whole culture around it. People are proud. There's an undergraduate student association, you know, and, and people are proud to be able to, you know, build community with each other as first generation students and things like that. So I think, like you said, that and, and other initiatives like prioritizing mental health, I think, especially in this time, as we've seen, you know, faculty, staff, administrators acknowledging that, yes, you're a student, but we know that, you know, it, that comes a lot. And so, you know, checking in and making sure we're taking care of you and making sure you're okay and have the services you need um, to succeed and be, be well as a person and, and a student, you know, is really inspiring, I think, to see. I think that's absolutely right. I, I have to say, uh, since we're doing this podcast together and you brought Dr. Latanya Reese Miles up, uh, that I love her work and her leadership. And, and she's one of the reasons I went to grad school. So oh, wow. uh, she's one of the reasons I am uh, where I am so today. Uh, she ran the McNair Research Scholars Program at UCLA. And that program incubated my work um, as a scholar in undergrad, uh, which also became the foundation for my graduate school work, which then became the foundation for my nonprofit work in the community and as well as now the work that I do as a faculty member. So when I when I look at folk like Dr. Latanya Reese Miles and others um, on our campuses, uh, I admire the leadership they provide because they really help the university respond to the needs of students and they ensure that there's a pipeline, not only for students of color, but for all students uh, to succeed, right? And that's ultimately what we're gonna be measured by. We're gonna be measured by the ability uh, that our students are gonna to have to go out into this world and navigate right. the world around them and come back and serve their communities. Right, yeah, as I say, be productive citizens and hopefully, you know, do good or make it make a positive change. So yeah, yeah, okay. she she's amazing. That's right. Um, so how has your experience in the military contributed to your success today? 
That's a really big question because, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 it has dawned on me more recently that my time in the military, I feel like, um, has shaped such a large part of my identity. Uh, you know, when I was there at UCLA, I mentioned earlier um, uh, in the segment when I was uh, there at UCLA and I took a break, um, I didn't know, you know, it, it, it was sort of a, a rapid decision, right? I, I was deeply moved by the events of, of 9-11 and I didn't quite, you know, know what I was gonna do when that happened. And it took me about a week, week and a half to decide to sign up and join, um, to join and serve in the U.S. Navy, and in doing so, you know, I will say that I learned a lot. First of all, I learned how to have a level of discipline that um, I didn't know I could have. Right, so I had to build a level of discipline um, that uh, has served me well through this day. Um, I also had the opportunity to help establish a naval support unit. When I was in Iraq, and the idea of of having to be uh, a leader in an environment that's not hospitable mm. was really uh, instrumental in my growth and in my development. Having to get resources and bring them back to the country, and there, I remember I flew out one uh, day to go all the way to Bahrain uh, to uh, pick up a printer that I could use to scan and fly that printer back so that when people came to um, me while I was in Iraq, they would come in from, from uh, uh, sort of uh, wherever they were, they were stationed from and they would land in Iraq and I needed to get them to their, their duty station. When they would come in, I needed to make sure I was able to communicate um, securely with our personnel in other countries around the world. And so having to do that type of coordination, having to get the resources, having to manage budgets, um, manage people uh, in, in my unit, uh, re be responsive and responsible for them uh, was, was a really important uh, part of my growth and development. And having done that so young, right? I was really young yeah. uh, when, that, when that took place, informed, what I, you know, know I'm, I'm capable of achieving. And, and in many ways, you know, it taught me sort of how to push beyond my limits, but also to understand um, where my uh, strength can come from, where it can, where it can reside and help me understand how to, um, how to work with people uh, in, in highly stressful, um, high pressure environments, uh, and how to thrive in the midst of those environments. So with all of that, plus the, the practical skills I gained, uh, all of that combined, I think, was was really helpful um, to me. And that's, I think, in many ways, contributed to my success. So much so that, you know, when, when I was building my organization and I would run into challenges and at some point wonder whether or not I would close my doors because, you know, just wasn't able to raise money fast enough and had to make payroll and all these things. Right. I knew that we would make it through as long as I persevered and worked really hard. And I think those are um, tenets and qualities that a lot of people in the military have, right? They mm -hmm. understand what it means to push through hard times and to push through with other people and to do so as a team, to do it together right. uh, and to do it well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
those examples you gave and just, you know, even that, even the brief highlight you ran through of those skills you gained is, it just makes me think too, when it comes to, you know, like workforce and, and career development, why student veterans are, you know, so valuable to organizations because, and I think sometimes there's almost, you know, in, in getting to campus, there's almost, how do, how do these skills translate? But you, even your brief rundown um, of, you know, I'm sure not even close to what you did during your time there, you know, just highlights the value and importance of those skills that can transfer to really serving and being an asset to any organization. I think that's absolutely right. And I have a great deal of admiration for our student veterans. I had the pleasure of working when I was a UC Regent with um, with uh, Regent Lansing, Sherry Lansing, and um, Regent Bonnie Reese, um, uh, God rest her soul, um, who's a former Secretary of Education under Arnold Schwarzenegger, wow. and um, was just a phenomenal leader. Both her and Regent Lansing and I, all three of us worked together to establish veteran centers across all UC campuses. Um, Regent Lansing understood how important it was to support student veterans. Having been a student veteran there in the UC system, serving on the Board of Regent, uh, Board of Regents, I was able to articulate sort of the needs that we had transitioning back mm-hmm. into uh, college and transitioning into uh, a system like the UC. And uh, the Regents made it a priority to support student veterans and to make sure that there was a place for student veterans. And so I actually have a lot of friends that I made during that time who were in different places around the country oh, wow. uh, who are still leading because as a as a student, one, you're obviously deeply committed to learning, but two, as a veteran, I think the skills um, many of us bring can be helpful, as you pointed out, to the institution and to the groups that we we aim to serve. And there's already this strong sense of service, right? It's part of the mission of the UC. Right. But, but having served in the military, a lot of folk come back out with this, with a deep sense of what it means to to want to be in service of and in support to, to others in our community. Yeah, that's wonderful. And that's, um, I think, so amazing to, that, you know, all the UCs having the Veterans Resource Center and that support um, in place for student veterans. So my next question is, as president-elect of the Alumni Association Board of Directors, what are some of your top priorities to work toward in your upcoming leadership term? Well, I'm excited about um, this uh, time right now um, in our alumni sort of history uh, as well. I'm really excited about what it means to, uh, again, and I'm going back to this word of service, right? What it means mm-hmm. to serve our alumni community. I, I, what I think uh, is really important for us to do as an alumni association and what I'm excited about doing as uh, the, the incoming president is to make sure that we're thinking about the needs of our alumni across their lifespan, right? Mm-hmm. That we're identifying ways for us to provide services and support to alumni um, throughout their career. Obviously, there are early and mid-level um, career needs that a lot of folk have. And then there are folk who are well-established in their field who want to find ways to give back. And even mm-hmm. young folk who are, who are just beginning who want to find a way to give back and mentor others. And so I'm excited about what we're doing and some of the innovations that we're, we're moving forward with as it relates to um, alumni and serving the needs of our more than uh, 500,000 mm-hmm. alums across the world. I'm also si- excited about the opportunity to utilize our voice to advance um, the priorities that uh, that our alumni community identify to advance um, uh, sort of advocacy on behalf of the university mm-hmm. and on behalf of our students and our, our, our UCLA Bruin family. 
uh, and to really begin to think about how we harness that that uh, that that uh, alumni voice to to transform um, uh, again the material conditions that that we continue to see in our community. You know, mm-hmm. UCLA has made a commitment to Los Angeles in a very very big way. We have our grand challenges. Uh, we have um, uh, you know our Luskin Center. We have. Uh, the, the business school, we have the School of Education that is running community schools, right? UCLA wow. is really out here doing great things, and I'm excited to connect our alums to the, the activities that are taking place and the leadership that, that, um, uh, that, is, that emanates from this campus mm-hmm. and to make sure that those alums are able to tap into the resources that are here at UCLA and, and both take advantage of those resources to advance UCLA's mission around the world, but to also give back and bring resources into the university to help UCLA advance um, the development of people, right, around the world. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's super exciting to hear. And like you said, being able to be, you know, help people get connected to the university. And also, like you said, there's so many ways, especially now for, you know, no matter where you're at in your career or your life, like you can find ways for whatever you're passionate about, whatever you want to support or contribute to UCLA, you know, has something that you can get involved with. So I think it's amazing to think about all the opportunities for people to, you know, serve and, and support, you know, the next generation of Bruins. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so my second to last question is what can Bruins do every day to take steps to move the social justice needle forward? I think, you know, I, I am finding that um, the uh, leadership we exhibit as Bruins is so important in the world. You know, it's it's interesting because now having been out of the university for a number of years and also having professional experiences in a number of ways, um, I've had the pleasure to see UCLA alums show up in, in different spaces from philanthropy to uh, sort of corporate um, uh, um, sort of uh, from philanthropy to places where they've been able to lead in, in different corporate spaces like Disney and Mattel or um, in different engineering spaces like Boeing and Northrop Grumman uh, and others. I, I've just It's been powerful to see UCLA alums in those spaces. And I think um, what, what I find to be really unique about uh, folk who have come from the Bruin family is that we uh, carry with us this sense of fairness mm-hmm. and, and justice uh, to just about every space that we we travel to. And um, I think what is really helpful and what could be helpful for us to do is to um, continue to have the conversations and exhibit the leadership that comes from what we learned here at this campus, right? To make sure that we're advancing public service throughout our spaces, throughout the communities um, that we live in, and also being able to connect another generation of young folk to the campus and to the university and to these principles of fairness and justice um, and service uh, and, and having integrity in our communities. And so, I think that's one of the ways Bruins can do it. And I think uh, in a very concrete uh, way, it, it would be through mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I would ask our Bruin family members to come back and mentor uh, current students to mentor students from our communities who want to access a place like UCLA. I think mentorship and helping folk learn how to navigate our society and the uh, the economy in today's day and age Definitely. Um, and to navigate the crises we're dealing with is really important. Mm-hmm. So come back, serve, mentor, bring your knowledge to, you know, this next generation so that they can go on and inherit your legacy and inherit mm-hmm. the Bruin legacy and keep it going strong. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. That's great advice. And I think, you know, we have our alumni mentor program as, you know, a more formal way to get involved, but there's so many different ways, you know, like you said, through, you know, even student organizations or things like that, where alumni are able to come back and be panelists or get involved with, you know, our diversity programs and initiatives team in, in being able to support and give back informally or formally and mentor those students and share their perspective or, you know, Hey, I, this, you, I, I encountered this hurdle, you know, I just want to make sure you give you a heads up and being able to share, you know, their experiences and to help them navigate it, navigate the system in UCLA a little bit easier. And, you know, after they graduate to knowing the job market and things like that, that they can, you know, prepare themselves best for. That's right. Yeah. It's an exciting, exciting time an exciting opportunity. And I think the alumni association is a great place for people to get involved, right? Um, join team alumni. We are, we're all about that life. Yes, definitely, for sure. So my final question for you is, since leaving UCLA, how has your career and life experiences shaped how you define success? Um, it's really interesting. So, uh, you know, I had the pleasure and the privilege and honor of taking a group of my young men from my organization, about 10 of them, uh, high school age youth and some of my 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 alumni from my organization, from the Social Justice Fire Institute mm-hmm. uh, and my programs to Ghana this past year for the year of return. Oh, wow. um, the year of return in Ghana was an initiative from the Ghanaian government to connect people of African descent uh, from throughout the diaspora uh, to each other and to uh, West Africa to understand the history and the culture of where many of our communities have come from. The majority of African Americans come from West Africa, and that includes Ghana, um, the Ivory Coast, um, the uh, uh, Togo, Benin, Nigeria, right? And so the, the, the year of return was such a powerful experience. And I really want to just lift up what it means to be sort of a, a returnee. And so there are folk in our communities and people in our uh, people around the world that that are that are going back um, to to serve in their communities. They're going back to build businesses in their communities. They're going back to um, to help uh, lift up another generation of, of civic and social leaders and business leaders. And I think in many ways, my experiences growing up have really. Um, sort of run sort of this um, this track, right? Or been sort of uh, within this this theme of of going back to one's community, going back to the place that you're from, mm-hmm. so that you can help people move forward. And for me, success is really about that. It's not about the money I achieve. It's not about the um, the notoriety that that you know, people may experience. It's really about this idea that we return, 
Mm. Um, to where we are from, and maybe not the neighborhood you grew up in per se, but to the community that you're from, and that you help bring people up, right? That you pay it forward, that you um, can 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 demonstrate that um, no, I'm I'm not the exception, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not uh, more special than you. Yeah. It was because of people that you know, we're in my community that I made it to this place that I was able to make it to UCLA that I'm able to come back. It's this idea of building a cycle. And to me, that's success. When people ask me what my proudest moments are, what I tell them is that um, it was when, you know, I began my programs back in 2006. And then I founded my organization in 2008. And then I began to graduate young folk from high school at around that time, uh, 2008, 2009. And begin to have years of cohorts of students that were graduating and, and slowly growing, so much so that now we serve nearly 500 students a year. That's amazing. Um, and what I have been most proud of is is not only helping my young folk get through high school and then get into college, but then get through college. And now we've actually been hiring them as our staff members. And so we have um, we have some of our alumni that have that are now on staff of the organization who are also doing the same thing for other young folk in our community. They are the example. They are the epitome of what it means to return, Mm -hmm. um, not just in service, but to return in support of um, the, the, the communities that we, we come from. And so to me, success uh, is about that. It's about us paying it forward and passing it along and not hoarding our resources, Mm -hmm. not hoarding access or shutting doors behind us, but it's about opening those doors and, and lifting people up as we continue to grow and making sure that, that as we thrive, others can thrive, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a strong sense of collectivism uh, that I think um, you know, was a, a deep rooted value in my own family uh, and, and in my own personal life, but also something that I think underscores my experiences from being in the military and, and, and being a part of teams and having camaraderie yeah. to being in an organization that's working with young folk and having people who uh, are working hard to make sure those young folk and our residents and our elders and our communities are served to now being a part of the alumni association and wanting to make sure alums are connected and networked and and together, right? This idea of, of maintaining collectivist uh, identities and values in our society, uh, because I think in moments like now, right, and, and crises like the ones we have now, mm-hmm. it's those nurses and those doctors and those physicians assistants and um, our healthcare professionals and the respiratory therapists and the phlebotomists who are out there on the front lines taking care of us, right? right. Taking care of our communities, keeping us safe, um, beating back this, this invisible enemy, right? And I think um, if we don't have this sense of, of uh, collective responsibility, then, uh, then, 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 you know, how are we ever going to make it through? How are we going to become mm-hmm. uh, uh, great? How are we going to make sure that we, we, we maintain uh, our greatness as a society and our leadership in the world. If we if we draw back and and pull in in moments like this, if we don't step out there and step up and take care of each other, then I think I think you know we'll lose what it really means to be to be Americans. Mm-hmm. Wow, 
Yeah, that's such a powerful response to, you know, the idea of success. And I love the theme of return. And like you said, this collective together movement. And um, as you were, you know, sharing, I was thinking the the, you know, kind of theme of lifting as I climb. And, and I feel like that that theme is definitely you know, I might be a little biased, but in, in working with, you know, I'm working at UCLA and working with, um, so many different alumni that I've been able to meet. It's, I I see that lifting as I climb theme and that, um, you know, desire to give back and support, like you said, sharing the resources. There's no need. If, If you learn the tips and tricks, why, why should you keep those for yourself when other people can reach the finish line as well alongside you? Um, instead of, you know, someone being a little bit ahead. So I think, yeah, that's a really powerful and uh, inspiring response tonight. And I love the the themes that you shared um, when it comes to success and what that means to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, that's the end of our conversation. So I just want to thank you so much, D'Artagnan, for your time today. And I also really want to thank you for all you do for UCLA and um, we're super excited to have you as president-elect to, you know, continue to enhance current systems and create new and thoughtful opportunities for current and future Bruins. We really are so grateful to have alumni like you who want to return and give back to make UCLA a better place for all. So thank you so much for your time today and for, you know, all your leadership in, in moving us forward in you know, this next decade. Thank you again for having me and go Bruins. Yes, go Bruins. You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Dr. D'Artagnan Scorza, Executive Director and Founder of the Social Justice Learning Institute. You can find more information on Dr. Scorza in the description of the podcast. Follow Partnership UCLA Alumni Career Programs on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with Bruin Success. If you enjoyed our podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, or share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're back with Monique Billings of the WNBA. This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.